Welcome to the cream zone, my lactose-filled babies. I'm here to whip you up into a frothy beverage for all to consume. It's me, your warm milk-filled Uncle Wolf the Dog. And as always, we are fermenting y'all into some kind of weird sour milk cream live from 694.2 PTBP. So far, all of you beautiful, generous folks have raised 6,372 bucks for the bail project. Wowza. Remember, screenshot your donations and send them to pretendingpod at gmail.com. And for every $5 donated, you'll receive an entry for a chance to win one of the first ever PTBP t-shirts. This week's winner is Marie Lupin. Congratulations, Marie. And keep on donating, y'all. We have three more shirts to give away to you charitable motherfuckers. The link to donate is in the show notes. This week's Howlin' with Wolf is from a very sweet listener called Chris. He writes, A buddy of mine recommended PTBP to me a while back, but I didn't think I would ever be into an actual play podcast, let alone one that features a game I've never heard of. He kept nagging me though, and I finally gave in and listened to episode one a couple of months ago, just so I could get it over with. Since then I've binged every episode became a patron, convinced two other friends and my brother not only to start listening to PTBP, but also to start playing Delta Green. I've converted my wife as well, and we are now re-listening to old episodes in between new episodes just to get our fix. Them contention boys, the gravelly baritone of the mighty wolf, and the manic brilliance of Zack have been a source of so much joy during what has been an incredibly hectic couple of months. I cannot thank you guys enough. Shoutouts to my friends Ruben, Alex, and Jesse, my brother Michael, and my wife Maria, all of whom are loyal listeners. Lots of love from the Netherlands, Chris. Wow, Chris, I know you said a bunch of other shit, but acknowledging my baritone tones, the gravel in my gullet. That's enough to bring tears to my eyes, baby. Maybe I'll take a little interdimensional trip to the Netherlands you speak of. Pay you and yours a little visit. You'll never see me, but I'll definitely see and smell y'all. Have you ever thought to yourself, Wow, I like this pretending to be people show very much. I wonder if there's something easy I could do to help them. The answer is very fucking much a yes. Write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, follow our social media pages for cute pics, support the show on Patreon, and instantly access bonus episodes. The links are in the show notes. The links are in the show notes. The links are in the show notes. Is there an echo in here, or is it just the news, 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 ooze, ooze, ooze? Last time, our valiant heroes forced Terrence Licker into the home of Randy Angst, where the old man was on the ground in desperate need of medical attention. Seeing they were about to get boxed in on this residential street by a truck with a hot tub instead of a truck bed, as well as a Chevy and Paula with a doorless refrigerator on its side strapped to the roof. They stole T. Licker's truck and hoofed it back to the hidden Mitsubishi Eclipse to grab Drew Carey without first losing their tail. Clark grabbed Drew's body and tossed him into the stolen truck's waterbed as the refrigerator and Paula and hot tub truck pulled up to the scene. There wasn't much of a standoff though due to hot tub truck immediately losing its three team members to a massive wave of ooze. The refrigerator Impala, owned and operated by Asher and Avery Little, noped the fuck out of there, leaving our waterbed truck crew as this oozy upsurge's only remaining target. John Lee Pettymore III, perhaps still wet from his time in the bed of his truck, 
critically failed a drive check. Taking us now to the aftermath. It's a brand new track that rocks like sedimentary, metamorphic, and igneous, and rolls like a stolen truck into a sign for a local tire shop. It's kudzu with no backbone. little rat dick like left his seed in you wouldn't you fucking like <laughs> demand every goddamn cent welcome yeah, to pretending to be child. people that was the perfect introduction <laughs> to episode no i don't want to make a, an enemy of david spade <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to pretending to be people that was a really good introduction <laughs> It works if you just 82. blink out if you if you beep out the name of the celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Only the first time though. <laughs> <laughs> she was discovered by radio superstar Howard Stern. Her mother sent Stern pictures and a letter about her daughter. Stern had her in and sent her pictures to Playboy and she was accepted. Oh, that's an American like thanks mom dream. <laughs> I believe in you, honey. Here, send your nude pictures to Howard Stern. Her mom got to tell her as soon as she got off the school bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Would you rather have to have sex with Howard Stern or David Spade? <laughs> Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a terrible would you rather <laughs> i guess both i'd probably go with david spade i don't know enough about either of them so the romance wouldn't be there either way <laughs> <laughs> now i'm looking up ugly david spade and ugly howard stern to see who has a worst picture on the internet <laughs> probably david you can spade. go to at pretending pod to get a side-by-side <laughs> Of those on Instagram or on Twitter, we'll be tagging David Spade's family members. He's cute when he's younger. Yeah, if we're talking like Tommy Boy years, then it's David Spade all day. But if we're talking about old both of them, then I think I have to go for Stern. Stern. Stern's not I, bad looking. I think it would, well, it would just be a freaky kind of like Bourdainish experience. We could probably get more viewers if we were on Stern's show than anything David Spade did. Well, <laughs> that's. That's not happening after this. <laughs> after what? After we said we want to fuck him? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like we're playing all our cards right. I don't know anything about him, but I think that's kind of his whole show, right? <laughs> Howard Stern kind of looks like if I was a dinosaur. <laughs> like a raptor. <laughs> yep. He's got the same hair. You should grow yours out long like his. Have it go down the, your back. I mean... Uh, I don't plan on getting a cut anytime soon. <laughs> it's getting long, baby. So last time, John was driving the truck. Crit failed to avoid the crane and flipped it. Freeze frame. The truck is turned sideways, hits a little rock or something, tires are bald as fuck, and begins turning over. In this moment, I have you guys all roll for constitution. John critically succeeds. Keith passes. Clark critically succeeds as the truck is flying over everyone is fine seemingly except for keith lands on top of jimmy sanders gonna roll for him right now rolled the 98 he's not doing great he's gonna lose four hit points and stays conscious as keith lands on top of him my nephew cousin critically succeeding his constitution check to stay conscious because he's low on hit points leading up to this point and Clark literally crits with a 69, so as the truck rolls, the water's flying out behind him as he just keeps his legs moving and keeps running, and yeah. the truck just avoids, and the truck moves, rolls, 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 and explodes into a sign for owls, tires, and tigers. <laughs> oh, yeah. The issue being, Drew's body, with Carrie Pages inside, lays motionless, in an extremely shallow puddle of stinky, stinky water. 
and Gary Daly from hanging halfway up out of a sewage drain. What are those called? Just the like long thin ones that the that the uh, clown drain. fella comes out of. Sorry, storm drain. Yes. So what's a God damn what's it, a culvert? Okay, can you can you actually not mention it? Because I was gonna make a dope it joke. Okay, but that, I'm leaving that in for sure because that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> So a storm drain, like a cauldron, is is a cauldron like a witch? I said culvert, which I think is an open drain, or maybe I think a culvert, mm-hmm. right, is a big round one, maybe that comes out of like the side of a yeah, hill. Joe's, Joe's right. Yeah, so we're all right, and so it's a <laughs> storm drain. <laughs> <laughs> on the side of the road and Gary Daly is like half out of it hands elbows on the concrete and he's hollering at you officer bishop officer Vigna oh Keith you need to get down here what are y'all doing and looking behind you you see this ooze this massive grouping of ooze you've never seen this much all in one place before it is coming toward you slowly the back end of it coming up over the top like waves breaking and as i'm doing this with my arms you can see my pit stains they are deep yeah (laughs) like the lord's love and it is just flowing (laughs) flowing toward you and we are in combat order Clark Bishop, what do you do? I want to try and run. Am I near Drew's body? If I'm still standing and running, I would keep running toward it if I am. Yeah, absolutely. I want to run toward it and grab it and pick it up and carry it with me toward Gary. Okay, done. You're you're definitely strong enough to pick up a little little Drew Andrews. He's, you know, I believe he's got a fair amount of pooge, but <laughs> you can definitely throw him up over. How are you carrying him as you're... Uh, in, remember, you as you pick him up... You're picking up a wet Drew Andrews who's unconscious, but you know it's not Drew inside. Sure. I just want to, if he's laying on, laying on the ground, I want to grab his arms and like drape him over my back. So I'm, so his whole, his whole body's on my shoulders, behind my neck, on my shoulders. So I think, that, is that a fireman's carry? I think that's a fireman's carry. I'm doing that. <laughs> and not only are you saving him from the fires of wherever he might, no, there's no. Hell? <laughs> You don't need a fire to have a fireman's carry. Oh, shit, Thomas. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think legally you do. <laughs> I think that this might be an illegal maneuver right. I'm p- performing like, here. Well, it's, it, yeah, and it's not like a big thing. It's just like a, you can't call it champagne thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Unjust laws should not be laws. Keith Vigno, what are you doing? Well, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. That protects the valor, like the growers of the champagne region. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's How unjust. That it's unjust? bullshit. I don't think Shouldn't so. Shouldn't exist. I'm with the farmers. Yeah. I stand with the farmers so of Champagne, probably, France. Like if we looked into it at all, they're probably like huge landowners who don't give a fuck. Yeah, actually, like, fuck them. You're right. Yeah, fuck Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> also, it makes my tummy hurt. Keith Vigna, what are you doing? Keith is kind of disoriented, but uh, just is running away from the explosion of the truck and well, you landed directly on Jimmy Sanders. Oh yeah, landed directly on him, and he's like, Ugh, "Number four, and just get on top of me with the." Yeah, it's not even. I stand up and I look at him, and since I know he's like conscious or whatever, I kind of like help him up, and then I start running towards Gary. Okay, so as you as you reach for his hand, he's only looking past you and behind you at the ooze that is chasing you. So you can't run if you want to help him up. You can only help him up. Okay, I help him up then. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Can all three of us see the ooze currently? Currently. Okay. If Keith is, like, helping Jimmy up and trying to get him to to Gary, I would like to do the same thing and aid him and help that be quicker. Oh, absolutely. Then it is done. And Tyler is immediately just following Clark Bishop. Uh, Tyler is like right on the heels of Clark Bishop and you are all running toward Gary Daly who has popped his head up out of this storm drain with a beautiful bright yellow shirt underneath a denim jacket which you can only see him from like right above the nips up because he's hanging up out of here. I put my arms out in front of the other two and I'm like hold on fellas we ain't got no way of knowing he ain't an it. And it, and it, and it, it, from the movie It. Oh, yeah. Well, he doesn't look like a clown to me. 
Are you Gary Daly or are you an it? Hurry up and get on down here. We got me and Harry and we got some others, but we're hiding. We need to save you. Obviously, Keith, I mean, Keith needs to get down here especially. Why me? Everybody wants Keith. Oh, well, yeah, because he, yeah, they're after you. Gary, tell us something only Gary would know. I did a magic spell on you to give you luck. Come on, hurry up. Good, yeah, good. That's, good that's what I was looking for. All right. I run towards it, and I kind of like... Wait, Keith, even if it is Gary, we don't know what his intentions are anymore. We've been gone for a while. It sounds like everybody in town's with, with this daddy guy. As he's saying that, I'm slide tackling like you would on a soccer field down into the storm train. Oh, hell yeah. Do your shorts like balloon up out like a, like <laughs> a, give you some drag to slow yeah, you down, slow me down so you a can little slip bit. in easy? Yep. So you can slip in easy. And as soon as I'm in, I process what Clark just said and I look at Gary and I'm like uh. <laughs> no it's cool we're hiding from the FCFC they're okay, scary good. fuckers that cane he's just taking over town we gotta hide down here otherwise they'll find us and then immediately is like oh shit and closes his eyes with his hand Gary could you could you see it well I, I didn't want to see it because then it'll come it comes to those who have seen it. If you're looking at it, hold on, get the fuck down here. Get get on down. I'm helping Drew down there. I'm getting down in there. And when, when I get down in there, I'm picking Drew back up, getting him just back on my shoulder so that we're mobile. And Tyler does that adorable thing that dogs do when they like crawl because it's so cute. <laughs> Their paws just kind of move a little bit and then just like jumps down into it. And once you guys are all down there, you got Jimmy Sanders down there as well. And he's just like not paying attention to anything he immediately just like starts stepping into the sewage water basically i'm seeing it as this tunnel that you're now in you got a walkway on the right you got a walkway on the far left you've got a sewage waterway moving slowly in between the two pathways and then we've got an arched tunnel roof made out of stone that leads off into the darkness ahead and you can't see where it leads to and Gary looks at John Lee Pettymore the third and he's like you you're um hi Gary this is actually John Lee Pettymore the fourth in the body of my my daddy Obviously, that's a lot to take in and a lot to believe, but I feel like you're seeing the goo monster out there and you know what's going on. So, like, you you can probably just move past this, right, and accept that it's happening. I don't like that at all, and I especially don't like that you've, you're you dripping. You know you're dripping, right? Well, I was in, yeah, dripping water. No, sorry. Dr- uh, your nose, what? your eyes, your ears, your mouth. You got the goo coming out of you, but it doesn't seem to be... It's, like, small enough to not be... And he, like, he wants to poke at it, but he's not quite poking at it. And he's like, honestly, if I could just not look at you, that would be for the best for me personally. Because I am... And he's rubbing his fingers against his other fingers. And he starts looking at his hands, and he's like, yep. All right, you're tripping. Yep, just a little bit. Just enough. Yeah, Why does that allow you to see the goo? Yep. Oh, interesting. I was going to clarify, I, when he was talking about the dripping, we didn't see it, right? No. Am I the only one you see it coming out of? And he looks at the rest of you, and he really avoids eye contact with John Lee Pettymore the third from here on out. And he's like, okay, so, and he like kind of puts his hand up over your face, and he's like, okay, so you are <laughs> the missing John Lee Pettymore the third who in the inside of you is our John Lee Pettymore who's been around and is, uh, is do I have all that right? I, I like nod at him and confirm. More or less, yes. Yeah, yeah, Gary, he's, he's telling the Clark truth. Clark Bishop, you're not like your parents aren't inside of you? Nope, I'm, I'm 100% Clark right now. Oh, but he does have his own fun thing with vis-a-vis an older, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's kooky. What is, what's his reaction to that? I have a human of 30. Can I see if, if I catch anything in his face? Yeah, go ahead and roll. I rolled a six. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, given him that much information about old Clark Bishop, you, you don't you don't notice anything. Okay. Uh, Gary, I'm, I'm still me. It's still Keith. Um, and uh, Drew is actually Carrie Pages. Oh, yeah. When you, when you were Fuck, asking about that. Yeah, we forgot to mention I'm that. sorry. What? John 3 is actually John 4. Me and Clark are who we are, 
and Drew is carried inside of Drew's body. Yep, he, he's got it right. And I don't mean to be rude, but... And he starts petting Tyler, and he's like, Who are you, my little fella? This is, this is Carrie Page's dog, Tyler. And Tyler is being very attentive to the body of Drew Andrews, which is still being held by Clark Bishop. Yeah, see how it's focused on Drew there? I think it's because it's... Um, well, Drew, Drew has the soul or the mind or presence, however you want to define it, of Councilwoman Carrie Pages. Or the, the baguette. You know, it might be the baguette that he's got because, you know, it's a long, long baguette, but you got to cut it in thirds in order to make an eight sandwich was what you're gonna want to get and yeah and jimmy's just he's not right right now so but he is jimmy what's going on with the pastor and everything in town we've just got back to town already seen some weird shit that i can't make complete sense of yet what are you what are you doing down here even gary daly flips a zippo and you see his like very like brightly colored like yellow button down he's got a denim jacket over the top of it and he's like I have been hoping that you guys would come back ever since yesterday. What happened yesterday? Everything went to shit. We're down here hiding because that crazy lunatic put up a wall of water and fish around the church and has taken to calling himself daddy and he has held them all convinced that he can go back in time as long as he can get Keith Vick. You, do, you guys are looking at me like you already know all this. Well, we've seen the wall. Yeah, we, we've heard all that. I mean, as soon as, you know, that went up, he got a lot of followers and he's been... You know, interpreting people's dreams, and they've just been following him to the end of the earth, basically, and they'll do whatever he wants. Do you know exactly what he wants with me? I just know that he thinks that he needs you to go back in time somehow. Okay. Well, I'm not really trying to help him out. Are you guys on the internet? Just crazy question, but you don't strike me as people who have a lot of points in computer science. (laughs) Uh... I weird mean, way to put it, but I would say I took a class in high school. <laughs> I've an e- I've I have email. I I have email. I've got a Facebook. I've got a telephone at the house. I could I could maybe call somebody. So I found a website, a blog post from Harold Dorsey that got wiped off the internet. Nobody could have found it if you just would have Googled around. It got wiped. It, somebody took it off, but what what did it say? See for yourself. And Gary Daly holds up a phone. He's got a screenshot of this blog. So you can go to what's behind Dorsey.blogspot.com. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Woo. So for the listeners out there, you can go to what's behind Dorsey.blogspot.com. Dorsey is D-O-R-S-E-Y, and Harrell is and always was H-A-R-R-E-L-L. <laughs> People were talking like it was Harold. It was never Harold. Yeah, because that's a name <laughs> that people are familiar with. <laughs> Zachless says it was set up in May 2017. Did you really register a blogger account three years ago for this campaign yeah that's dope wow did you just know you wanted to do something like this or did you actually set one up for harold dorsey it was for harold dorsey that's dope this is dope as fuck (laughs) okay so for those of you who are driving or doing the dishes or you're wearing airpods and you're pooping and your phone is in the other room if you go to what's behind dorsey.blogspot.com you'll find a blog that is entitled What's Behind Dorsey? A True Story in a False City. And there is a single blog posted on Monday, December 3rd, and it is entitled Operation Sanfera Blum and a Rogue Police Chief in Contention. Followers of my story know I am not afraid of rocking the boat. I was fired from the City Star for threatening to self-publish my expose on the Glass Crime family after a blasphemous night of depravity undercover at the Glass Compound's robot-inclusive fight club called the Scrap Pit. Lots of people know about the Scrap Pit. The real party, for those in the know, is even more indescribably profane. A room 
filled with city officials, judges, politicians, celebrities lovingly referred to by its patrons as the Den of Sin. The Den of Sin offers more than just blood sport, it is torture. Malnourished preteens are trapped in a hanging cage, forced to fight to the death as the ceiling lowers to meet the floor slowly but steadily. In one such match, I witness the two gaunt children hold hands in solidarity with each other, accepting their demise. The offended roar of the booing crowd was quickly replaced with lustful cheers as the hanging cage performed its singular trick like a French press or a citrus juicer. The Den of Sin earned its name as the congregation of monsters flocked to the metallic-smelling dark red waterfall. Well, I've somehow survived that mess. A target on my back, sure, but that's just business. However, I feel curiously out of my depth on this new case. Most of us don't think about the small town of contention about an hour west of here, but it is recently proven we should pay attention. By now, you may have heard about some of the disappearances in the animal-filled creeks, but what you may not know is the chief of police recently contacted me, quote, to open up the eyes and minds of those who live in the city. She asked if I knew anything about the Circle of Knowledge, Operation Sanfera Blum, or the flowers that make their home all over our downtown here in the city. She asked if I knew anything about Barcorp, its subsidiaries, or the Shell Corporation, which owns the company, which owns the company, which owns the company, which owns Barcorp. She asked if I knew anything about the mill on the other side of the city. And she asked if I knew her father, Jim Cook. So I began digging, and I began following Jim Cook around the city. That man can spot a tail, but he couldn't spot whoever it was that caught him in an alley two nights ago. I'm worried I am next. I'm even more worried that Maggie Cook is now too spooked to speak on the record. Chief Maggie Cook was passionate, irate, and eager, and then nothing. We were supposed to meet in person last night, December 2nd. No word. I received a message this morning changing the time and location of our meeting. If I don't update the blog by tonight, please begin the search by questioning Contention Chief of Police Maggie Cook. So your guys' eyes look back up and Gary Daly is just like, what the fuck does that mean? I read this and I was like, what? Which part confuses you more, the Denison stuff or the Maggie stuff? Well, I assume that the city gets up to some weird stuff, but here in contention, to have her connected to all those things that it was talking about in here, I don't know. Uh, no, we can pretty much tell you that, yeah, that's all, that's all basically true uh, what Maggie's involved in it goes way farther than contention itself guys what is like with the flowers and and all that in his in his blog post what one of those uh one of those myriad creatures was hollering at us about that Sanfera Blom. I don't yeah Keith you pretended to know what it was and we didn't know what it was Clark you you kind of been in touch with Maggie haven't you yeah yeah has she said anything about her dad or I mean she showed me around her dad's house she she I was I was holding his book when she found me she she asked why I was searching through his her daddy's book I remember that she hasn't said much about about Jim himself you know with just the stuff that we found putting dots together in the in the Clarkold hole yeah I mean I don't know it's just odd that he was following Jim around and that Maggie said to open up the eyes of the city it just you know this bit here about uh, about Jim dying in an alley two nights before. Yeah, uh, we we just we just found out. I believe it was his birthday, is December first, and every right. birthday he goes to that pie hole in the city. So there's yeah. there's a chance we could figure out if there's footage in the alley back there. We might be able to f- see see who got got him. That's true. It's a great lead. Well, I mean, what 
Well, can we do can we do anything with this information right now? Or so it it lines up with everything we've been kind of thinking, right? That uh, Jim Cook he he mentioned in that note that he knew he had a tail. It was a round faced man with glasses or something like that, which we yeah, all kind of at the time Harold. thought it thought it was Harold. So we figured that out. Maggie was turning on Jim. Maggie was spilling secrets to Harold about Jim. That's what we've gathered from this. Yeah. Oh, and it said that she changed the time and location of their meeting. They must have changed it to her house. She she changed it to her house from somewhere else, correct? That's where you oh. found Harold, right? Harold was at yeah, Maggie's yeah. house. And I couldn't save him. He got a text that sent him to Maggie's house instead of some other meeting place that they were going to meet. I don't know what to do with that information, but that's what I'm gathering here now. Well, I mean, we're before we got down here, we were kind of on our way to Maggie's house. Yeah, we kind of were. Yeah, Maggie Maggie's house is right on Bean's Pond. Do you think you could get us to the pond through these tunnels? Well, yeah, I can get you pretty anywhere, anywhere you want. Basically, contingents, you know, always, uh, you know, contingents a mining town, and they basically when when the mine you know shored up they they took all the old tunnels that they were using to get around and they bricked them all up and made a very very modern sewage system and so we can get pretty much anywhere we want around here through the them tunnels about there well we've been we've been trying to get to the pond for a little while like ninja turtles (laughs) i'm Raphael, obviously (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of course, of course. You, you're whichever turtle you need to be. So you're walking south through this tunnel for about five minutes before you make it to an underground chamber where Gary Daly and Harry Clinker have set up a makeshift campsite. This room is square and roughly 30 yards across with four concrete columns placed evenly about 10 yards from each other. The ground is mostly dry, though there are puddles scattered about where the concrete floor has eroded away a bit. There are two tents on opposite ends of the room and a luminous camping lantern lighting your view from the very, very center of the room. There is slight commotion by the far tent as you enter this space. Mildred Mitchell, upon seeing your group, is fleeing into the portable canvas shelter and zipping up the flap as a woman you do not recognize questions her from outside the outdoor domicile. And you would remember Mildred Mitchell is the grandma of Tildy B. Mitchell who lived across from John Peters, who I believe called in to say that John Peters' door was swinging open and his mail was piling up in like the first episode. Um, And just to remind uh, listeners, what is the significance of all that? And could you tie any... Loose ends together there. (laughs) So you see her hop into this tent and a woman you don't recognize is on the outside kind of questioning her. But closer to you, you see a man sitting up against one of the concrete columns reading a book. And you recognize him as Casey Kristoff, the janitor of the First Church of Contention. He has a pencil-thin mustache and a mullet. His beer gut is spilling out of his Van Halen t-shirt and over his cut-off shorts, which has been his outfit of choice for the past 30 years. Thanks to B. Weldon from Salt Lake City for Casey Kristoff. You too can create an NPC and location that might get used in the show if you support us on Patreon at the $10 level, the Contention Citizens, or higher. And then you see Harry Clinker sitting outside the nearest tent, and as soon as you guys walk in there, he stands up. He's clearly relieved. He's all over his face when he sees Gary enter with you guys. And you all enter into this underground temporary home. You should disconnect and reconnect. I didn't want to stop your flow, but you're exactly. super robot. Like right as you started that, you went super robot. <laughs> I will give it a go. Okay. So how many tents are there? Just one? I think just one that she ran into. Am I still a robot? You're back. Keep talking. Am I still a robot with my mouth and my words? Because when I talk, I don't lightly swerve. I swerve hard to the right. Then I keep that shit up. And I go in circles till I throw up. Nice. I up with up. It's fine. You rhymed up with up, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. 
So two tents, one across the oh, room shit. from you where Mildred Mitchell hopped into and uh, there was a woman standing outside and the other tent where Harry Clinker was sitting outside of. He stood up to greet you as you walked in. Hey, boys. Oh, my God. It's been a crazy couple days. No see. It's good to see you. Sorry. The other guy's name was Christoph what? Casey Christoph. Casey Christoph. Okay. Sorry. Oh, my God. Yes, Harry. I found I found them. They were just they were out there. They wrecked. And I mean, it was coming for them. Goo was coming for him, you know, and and thankfully they're here and and we're fine. I showed him I showed him the the Dorsey block spot and uh, yeah, we're just oh boy. So is this your guys' like uh, home base down here? Or? Yeah, we've been trying to hide from that old uh, you know Pastor Adam Kane. Really, really is uh, not not being very good to the people, you know. Yeah, uh, how many people do you think he's uh, got on his side up there? God, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe a hundred. And what? What about you guys down here? Is this is this all of us? And Harry and Gary kind of look back at the three individuals down here. One of which is hiding in a tent. Yeah, this is this is us. I mean, for now, we 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 did have we have a code outside of Clinkers. You know, it's if people can read it, it says tunnels, and they can they can get down here. What sort of code? Well, it's 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 a pretty fun code. I just mean, how do you keep bad folks from reading it? They both look at each other and furrow their brows with like a panicked look. <laughs> so I I recognize most of you down here. Who who's that? And I kind of tilt my head at the lady I don't recognize. Oh, that's Clara. She's from the city. How how'd she get hooked up in this mess? No, oh, I mean, you can ask her yourself, but she, uh, she had some friends in contention she was hanging out with when all this started, and she kind of got stuck here. And where, where, her, where are her friends at? Unfortunately, they they got lost to you know, Kane's hey, movement. Cl- Clara, Clara. This attractive woman in her mid-40s uh, looks over at you guys, and uh, she's got large tortoiseshell glasses. And as she walks up, you see that she has blood red lipstick. And even though it's freezing cold outside, she is wearing a sleeveless shirt. And you see a full sleeve tattoo. And the tattoo is of a robed figure holding a ball of light. (laughs) Clara Blankenship was created by Annie B. Thanks, Annie. Another citizen of contention over on the Patreon. Super cool. Annie, you are okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I see her tattoo, I kind of look at the other two officers and like kind of wide-eyed. I I, I wide-eye back. Guys, it's the cover of Led Zeppelin (laughs) 4. Doesn't that have the guy with sticks on it? Did you guys just call me over here for... Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it does. uh, (laughs) Hold on, I'm Googling that. <laughs> uh, uh, what's what's your deal, Clara? That's a real interesting tattoo you got there. Is that from any kind of Zeppelin album? I don't. You know that Stairway to Heaven poster with the guy on the road oh, yeah. with the light. <laughs> no, this is this is based off a dream I had a few years ago. About Zeppelin. You guys have been having these crazy dreams, right? I mean, I've been talking to everyone about them, and we, we all seem to be having these absurd dreams. See, back then, this dream, it was just this this robed figure with this ball of light, and he was walking just a long path, and he was carrying this ball of light. But recently, I've been having this dream where he's pulling the ball of light out of a television? It's, it's so weird, because before, it was as if there was... You know, it was like all dirt and stuff, so I didn't really expect technology to be a part of these dreams. But, you know, some people are having dreams that are in the modern world, some in the future even. And, you know, it's it's just, have you, what are the dreams that you, I assume you guys have been having dreams. How long have you been in contention? Just like out of that, that book, isn't it? The book? Which book? I study a lot and of I'm cult books. Is like there a specific book you're talking about? the two officers. It's it's similar for sure. The the, the thing we saw, though, had the light emitting from a mouth. It, it wasn't being held like oh, an yeah. orb. It's odd, but you've been having dreams about this. I mean, everybody has weird dreams. Harry over there told us you were in town visiting some friends. Who, who were you visiting? The Dudleys. Just some friends of mine. They were, unfortunately, they were persuaded. They See, they, they lost their cat to all this mess and unfortunately when when they were promised an option to uh, i don't know if you've heard the pastor is saying he can turn back time if you follow him so you know they they really want 
their cat back. They think oh, no. that's the I only mean, way. Their cat's probably just in the river there with all the other cats and dogs. Have we encountered the Dudleys before? Or is this new? Uh, you would know. There's just some. There's, but there's we haven't like ran into them. Not in the podcast. No, they're just contention citizens. Did you tell them to check the river? That's where a lot of them are ending up. Well, see, the issue is, is that yesterday the the rivers were all emptied. Uh, both the creek, the pond, everything was emptied by the collectors. So they took all the animals back to the FCFC, which is what they're calling this bullshit now. Well, did they get their cat back then? I don't know. I haven't seen him since. I'm not going behind that fish wall. Are you kidding me? Have you seen that shit? I've got to let Murphy in real quick. He's got to go behind the fish wall to get Murphy. <laughs> Gary and Harry, I mean, we were uh, about to go investigate the pond. Uh, we think there might be something at the bottom of it, but Clary, you said that all the water got drained out of it. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know how they did it. I also don't know how there's a floating like wall of water surrounding the entire campus of the church. Well, I'm sure there's a, a solid explanation for it, and that's kind of what we're trying to get I'm to the, the bottom I'm the head of. archivist and director of the City County Historical Commission, and I've worked there for about 18 years, and I don't know if you've studied much history, but I certainly, sorry, this kind of sounds like I'm being a dick. I'm really trying not to be, but historically speaking, I don't remember this ever happening. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, they do this kind of stuff all the time in Vegas. Oh. Bellagio. It's a Bellagio sort of situation, I'd imagine. Does the Probably water normally stay up the whole time? With lights, ones, and, with lights and mirrors. And yeah, magnets. You know. Wow. I guess I need to go to Las Vegas then. <laughs> It's not all it's cracked up to be. Hey, hey, Zach, when you were describing Casey and you said that he was a janitor of the church, do we know that in character? Yeah, you would know that he's the janitor, yeah. He's been the janitor for years. I'd like to go over and talk to him, too, if you want. Okay, roll human for me right off the bat. Can I help? Are you all going over? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with him. We'll bring Clara I mean, we don't have and have to disengage with Gary. Clara. I was just saying. We'll call yeah. him over to us, I guess. Uh, I failed a 92 on a 30. 37 on a uh, 80. Yeah, they'll do it. He's not reading right now. He's listening in. And he he was very intrigued when this group of people walked in. Also, Clark, what did you do with the body of Drew Carey? I'm probably still holding it. (laughs) Just still holding it top. Okay, so Tyler's back paws are just like, his front paws are on your back, and he's just like sniffing at Drew Carey this whole time. And Jimmy Sanders is just like wandering kind of in circles around the room, mumbling to himself. Can I, I want to set Drew up against a pillar and, uh, I don't know if it's a roll or not, but try and see if I can revive. Yeah, go ahead and roll uh, first aid. I pass a four on a thirty. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I've got some, uh, I've got some smelling salts actually here for you, there, Clark. That's exactly what I could use. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to ask, but I thought that that would be odd. <laughs> yeah, just a, a passed roll. You know, opens up all sorts of doors, and so. <laughs> Oh, Carrie, you with us? You with us? Yeah. Hey. And then just staring up at you and staring all around this room, Drew Carey is confused. Carrie, we died in the car crash and we're in hell. (laughs) We dragged you down here with us and we turned Tyler into a hell dog and is going to nibble at your feet for all of eternity. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Tyler is just like licking uh, Drew Carey's, you know, face and 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 feet back and there's forth. More, there's more where that came from. Oh, hey, hey there, Tyler! Oh my God, it's so good. To, and uh, Drew starts crying, and it's just like, thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much for keeping him safe. I lead the dog off. If you don't mind, I'd just like to talk to my dog, please. Thank you very much. You can talk to Tyler after you answer some of our questions. Boys, can you help me out here? Tyler, shut up. Tyler! (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening, write in an NPC with, like, special powers and they can help us. This it's is just Bubba ten Jenkins, bucks a month. He knows Come on. everything. You can ask him anything, and he knows the answer. 
<laughs> Clara Blankenship. This uh, NPC from Annie B was the first NPC sent in. And I believe in the description, it did say that she owns all of Silas Cole's journals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so So she was trying to help us. She literally did exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's really funny. Was the tattoo written in on there too? The tattoo was on there, yeah. Cool. I love it. Oh, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? I love you, Tyler. Car- Carrie, you you, t- you took a big hit back there. Are you are you feeling all right? Are you, no, are you not standing, at all. But okay? it doesn't even matter. I'm, everything is fine. Thank you. I now that my the love of my life is here with me, and everything is fine. Your your original mission was to bring us back to the church. Is that right? Yes. And it was was that with the explicit purpose of getting Keith back to the church, or was it all three of us at that point? Well, I mean. He doesn't want you alive, Clark. And uh, John, even though you're not technically John, I believe, thank you very much. I think that, you know, you're John inside of your dad, and that's fine. But uh, you two, you three technically are responsible for the death of his family. I don't know if you were aware of that when you just yeah, crashed I mean, a car and then bailed out of our town. That's not what happened. We told a very reliable canine entity to tell the town people what was going on while we were gone. Now, if that didn't get communicated to the town, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we sent it into the station. You think I don't listen to 694.2? Have you heard Kudzu? (laughs) (laughs) That new song is a real banger. It's I just played this morning for the first time and it blew me away. Okay, well, Carrie, we might have you just stay here until we go to the... Why do you keep calling him Carrie? That's Councilwoman Carrie Pages who used the magic slash haunted uh, radio to swap bodies uh, with our with our, our our good friend Drew. I don't know who you guys are all looking at, but all of their eyes are very wide right now. <laughs> She's been working with a pastor trying to trying to trick us into going back to the church, but we we figured her out. And if y'all don't still believe us, why would Councilwoman Page's dog, Tyler, run up to Drew Andrews? Yeah, see, exactly. It's like dogs only like one person. I dramatically let the dog go. (laughs) (laughs) In the style of those movies where the, the young boy and the evil guy of the movie are on opposite sides of a dog and they're both calling to it. It goes to the, I guess, the evil person in this situation, technically, <laughs> from your perspective. Uh, but Tyler runs to the body of Drew Andrews, and Carrie Pages grabs it around the neck once more. Oh, my God, yes, Tyler, I love you, I love you. And it's like, thank you, thank you, John. I know you didn't want to do that, but it's just, this is my everything. Harry, it's just that everything is fucked. You know how we thought that most things were fucked? It seems that everything is fucked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Gary, you, you, you've you always been kind of open to the idea that things were hinky in the world, weren't you? Yeah, that's a great word for it. Is this uh, is this ticking off any boxes? Like, oh, yeah, I read about when body switching happened in that one book. Is this is this, is this this ringing any bells in any of your research or anything? How about goo? Was, was goo on your radar before today? Does this remind you of a certain Lindsay Lohan movie? Or perhaps have you researched the works of Silas Cole? That's a lot of questions all at once, fellas. And, you know, I'm into a lot of this here stuff, but, you know, I've seen some actual magic in my life. So, yeah, I mean, I knew that this was all part of this. I mean... You'll remember the conversation we had on the phone when you were on the way to the city. How could we forget? <laughs> it was it was your uh, grandfather. Was it grandfather or father? Gave him. Well, the my spell? grandfather gave me the book. It had you know three pages left in it, and they were specifically for the three of you. And boy, those words danced off light like the page and just lit like a fire. And are there any around of your those heads. pages left, or was? Well, no. There were three in there for us. And oh, they yeah. And right. In the spell that he did over our heads. Because we there's three of us. That makes sense. Hey, why wasn't there a page for Justin? Who's Justin? <laughs> Never mind. You think there weren't a bunch of pages that created Wolf the Dog? 
<laughs> Good point. No, there were only three when I got it. It was very thick, very thick. But when you'd open it up, you could only get to like three pages. And then once they were gone, it was just empty. It was just shell on both sides. But it was still full. It looked like a book. But there's nothing in there. We found a book that will only open to one page. Kind of looks like her tattoo. The, the page that it opens up to. The book itself, it was it was maybe skin bound. Was the book you had bound by perhaps skin? Man skin. The face of Gary Daly loses blood. Yeah, I sure didn't like touching that book. I wanted to get rid of it as fast as I could. You got it from your, your grandfather? Yeah. Yeah, when the pages were gone, what did you do with it? Well, I don't... Did you give it to Clark's parents? <laughs> and Gary starts crying. Clark, uh... Well, we found it in Jim's house. It, w- it would have been Jim, right, that you gave it to if you gave it to anybody? No, I, I haven't really mentioned to you in all the hubbub... What with the dog and the body switching and, you know, uh, the fish magic. Just imagining all the NPCs encircling you while you're having this conversation. <laughs> when I Sorry, was, what was uh, that? When I was having my, um, my, my augury, as it was, and I saw that, um, that the entity before us that pretends to be Drew cannot be trusted. Uh, when I saw that, I also saw a vision of, of K-Cell searching your parents home for that book and Karen and Jim seemed to want it desperately but Kevin Kevin found it and it, he didn't reveal it to the others that's all I saw do you know where it is now Clark I'm so sorry I I, I knew how much power it had but I didn't know that people were gonna be after it the way they were and I think I think they died because I gave it to him. Clark is staring at Gary with a little bit of anger and a little bit of confusion. Like this is really hitting some notes. I didn't I didn't mean to I I didn't mean to cause their death or nothing. I just I knew I needed to get rid of it cuz I didn't I don't remember much about that day, but I do remember I heard I heard a voice and they did. They said something about Karen. Karen. They said Karen did a magic trick, and they all had to get out of there. And that's that was the last time I saw. I, I don't. I don't understand though. I don't. Why did you? Why would you give them a book like that? Why would you think that they would want a book like that? They were customers. They were at the Daily Foe almost daily, and they always asked about the the signs up on the wall, and we would talk often about uh, you know conspiracy theories and occult texts and they seem knowledgeable about that no they were just they just had a passing interest i think why did you need to give it to them it was a book made out of a human i didn't want it and my parents did did they take it did did they did they take the book like did they know what they had did they did they seem did they seem gleeful in having it, or was it just a curiosity for them? I don't remember seeing it in the house, personally, so they obviously secreted it away or something. Well, it, it seemed to be a curiosity, uh, but when I told them... <sighs> I mean, I told them what it could do, so they knew they knew the power that it had if they actually trusted me. What could it do? Yeah, you, you said the, the pages were empty, right? They couldn't do anything anymore, right? Well, I mean, they, they knew what it, it had been capable of doing previous, I suppose. Can I human Gary here? Yeah. You both want to roll? Sure. I fail. 71 on a 30. 75 on a 50. Fuck! Seems genuine to you guys. It's coming across as genuine. I don't cheat on my rolls, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I was talking about Gary. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly that. Now I get what you meant. <laughs> also, you said you failed. <laughs> Bullshit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking liar. <laughs> I've seen Luke take too long to think about what he wrote <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Gary, uh... You said it's your grandfather's book. Do you know where he got it? What was your grandfather's name, by the way? Well, I'd have to look that up. <laughs> Can I? You meant that? <laughs> <laughs> That's not in there. That's not in the podcast. Fuck. 
Uh, I don't know if I ever said it. Oh, you mean in the vision? Yeah. You didn't say it. You just said grandfather. His name was um, Gary. Grandfather. <laughs> His name was Grant Father Daly. <laughs> and and you don't you don't know where he got that where you know where old Grant got that book? Well, uh we all I mean, we all thought he was pretty crazy, but and he looks over at Clara Blankenship's arm. You see that figure right there? That looks to be about what he described that dropped it off at the Daily Fuh. After closing time. Can you imagine that? Didn't even buy anything. <laughs> Some be- rude. Some people are just rude. You don't know if it's a bad day, a bad uh, bad childhood. It's like he has no respect for other people's time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, anybody with the problem line. like that. So. <laughs> Does that... Does that tattoo ring a bell for anybody? Have you ever seen anything like that? Yeah, a weird man who I took to be some sort of robot at the time approached me uh, uh, outside the hospital after I went to follow up on some some lead. It seems like years ago now. <laughs> I remember that. He, get, he gave you that, that note that was in binary, right? Yeah, and it said, uh, John, I killed the Chiefs Pops. He was robed like that? He sure was. I guess it was just because it was in binary that I assumed it was mechanical. Uh, and then he then he said, "Say hi to me for me." Do you reckon that might have been old Clark? We've we've certainly seen old me in robes. That's that's when when he did that thing in the mausoleum. He was wearing a robe. John, like jots down, suspect has been seen in robes. <laughs> <laughs> but that would that would mean that I. When I was when I was a kid, Gary, Gary, you were there. What? When I was a kid, I came to visit Mr. Fingerson at the library, and you were there, and you were reading yep. a book, and when you read from the book, do you remember this? Okay, no, it was not my fault. I I stand by that. the The book of you know Saint Osiath Witches or whatever I was reading that day does not have anything to do with any cloaked figures except for witches you know obviously sometimes wear cloaks but either way gary whether you did it or not which i think you did but whether you did it or not you were there and we saw that you remember that there was a cloaked there was a cloaked man he, he locked up the doors to the library and he was he was being chased or chasing someone he goes like he's gonna grab onto clara blankenship's arm to look closer at the tattoo and then he's like oh my god i'm so sorry i did not mean to touch your arm to look at your tattoo that would be extremely rude can i just look at that much closer and she's like yeah of course that's fine and very closely puts his face right up to her arm this motherfucker right here is exactly who was outside the mary cole public library that day i swear to god and thankfully that figure locked us in right yeah he used some sort of chains or something because there were these big tall creatures Oh my goodness, wearing, I'm having all suits, sorts of right? flashbacks right now. Yeah, they were wearing suits. They were these lanky tell, translucent skin fuckers. I tell John, they 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 were they were the they were those they were those creatures. I, I remember now. It was the it was the thing that's been yelling at us. They were chasing the, the robed figure. And now you're saying that that could be old me. I don't know I turned to Clara. I am so sorry. I know you guys are having like a whole thing right now and it seems seems really important. Um but I, th- I, if I can, since the figure that you're talking about was in my dreams and has been in my recurring dreams for the past few years and a long time now, um, I have this video that I found online from this dude in contention way back when, and since it's been scrubbed from the internet, and I'm pretty sure that like some sort of black ops special secret service kind of like men in black shit took it off the internet because I looked him up recently. I think he disappeared who, who, who's who's video his name's john peters oh fuck. it's this youtube video he used to have a channel where he talked about the dreams he had during this coma that he was in for like a while he was in the hospital for an extended time could be any john peters in a coma so for listeners uh you can go to any of our social media sites uh instagram at pretending pod twitter at pretending pod or go to the facebook page which is pretending to be people and you can find this video i'll play the audio of it right now if i can make that happen
Hello everybody, welcome back to John Peter's channel where I'm talking about my visions that I saw while having a over a month long coma here in contention. I believe these visions showed me a world or a land that is parallel to our own simultaneously existing. I was led there by a man who only carried a black Nike bag and when he reached out to shake my hand upon introductions it smelled of sweet meats like a grill and my hand burned and burned uh that is all for now like and subscribe and i will update more soon oh what the fuck <laughs> that's the best fucking thing in the world <laughs> do y'all remember that motherfucker having such big ass